Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the 2022 Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, even though it's the first episode of the year, it is Pado. Welcome, Pado. What's crackalackin', my brother? Thanks, Dano. I'm absolutely pumped. I've spent a lot of time today looking over Supercoach and just, yeah, just let's start the hype train, Dano. I'm very keen. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got me Mercury Hardsiders next to me here, so let's fucking go. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, nah, we're, we're getting it off. We're known for our swearing on uh, this podcast, by the way, everyone. So we let loose a bit. Pato's known for his rants because he likes to rip through people. So um, don't be a flog on Twitter. Sweet. Okay. Uh, rule changes, Pato. Um, we're not really going to delve into them in this podcast. We might do it another time. Um, we're just going to focus more so on the defense in Supercoach for this podcast. So do you have any premium locks where you cannot go wrong in your mind down in defense in Supercoach? Kick us off, Pato. Give us the creme de la creme. Yeah, no, there's a few, Dano, and I think everyone should be starting with at least two of these guys. Maybe three, depends on your structure. But um, first one, hard to go past Tommy Stewart. 585000 so he isn't cheap, but he had an average of 108 last year, which was just absolutely huge. And I mean, he ticks all the boxes. He's got a great role. He's super consistent. Um, he's 28 years old. So that's pretty much smack bang right in your prime. Um, only in 17% of teams, which I find a little bit surprising. Um, seems like most people are, are erring towards the next guy that we're going to talk about, who is pretty much the same, same price. Um, but he actually had a down year last year, Dano. Um, and yep. uh, sorry, we're talking about the next guy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> New year. Been a while. Uh, a little bit, a little bit shaky, but uh, 108. Um, it's hard to see him dropping below that, to be honest, unless obviously he has an injury affected year. So yeah, um, he's expensive, but I think he's going to be in, you're going to want him in your final team. So I, you may as well start him. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Stewart's one of those guys that you can just plonk in there and you can't really go wrong. But the next bloke is the one that I thought of not starting last year because I thought he'd drop off. He only dropped off a little bit though. And he's still the best defender in Supercoach in the comp. And that's Jakey Lloyd at 586k as well. 108 average in 44% of teams. So basically it's a POD for your entire team if you don't have him, essentially. Uh, but yeah, he was the highest averaging defender last year. Uh, slightly down on his usual self. But um, to be honest, I, I can't see him dropping below 108. The only concern would be the restructuring in Sydney's defense, but I wouldn't be concerned with Lloyd. Lloyd's just a fucking jet. Um, how many years has he gone over like 105 or it would probably be like 107 average, Pato? Uh, four years in a row now. Um, just Mr. Consistent. And it's amazing to think that he had a down year and averaged 108, which is just <laughs> absurd. Um, and there's a very quantifiable reason why he did that. It wasn't, it wasn't a role change. It wasn't injuries or anything like that. It was just because uh, Jordan Dawson played a similar role next to him. 
So he just had to share the ball a little bit more. But that guy is gone now. He's not at Sydney anymore. So I think they will throw someone else in that Jordan Dawson role. And we'll talk about him when we get to it, Dano. Yep. But I can see Jake Lloyd bouncing back to a 115 plus average. Uh, now that's only an extra eight per game. So that's an extra effective kick per game, essentially. And I mean, I, I'm probably talking myself into starting Jake Lloyd. He's not in my team currently, but that is changing almost hourly at this point, as I'm sure everyone's is. Um, but yeah, in that quarterback role, I mean, he's always got the ball in his hands. Uh, Horse always wants them going through Jake Lloyd. And um, it, it's it's hard to make a case not to start him. Is he in a contract year as well? He is in a contract year, Dano. And I think I'm not going to suggest that he's going to leave Sydney. I think his safest house is up there. But you betcha that the agents get into the players' ears and just say, hey, mate, we're trying to negotiate some, some more... Uh, more smackaroonies at the end of end of that deal. Uh, just just play a little bit more and um, put in a little bit more effort than you normally would just to get a few more smackaroonies. And hey, we're all in it for the smackaroonies, aren't we, Dano? Bloody oath we are. Anyway, the next bloke that we have down, I don't want to talk about because I this is Pato's pick of a lock and I actually have question marks over this bloke. So Pato, do you want to discuss first and then I'll get into why I'm not so keen? Yes, yes, this is interesting. So... Ladies and gentlemen, we're not always going to agree on things. Um, that, that I mean, we're in an echo chamber if we're just going to agree on everything that we we mentioned here, Dano. But anyway, uh, Jordan Dawson, uh, super interesting case, and I and I can understand why people would be skeptical on him. But 550k, so he's not cheap. Uh, but he's really young. I think he's 24, 25. So he's coming into his prime. Now, he averaged 101 last year, playing next to Jake Lloyd, who is just the 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 king pigeon, so to speak. He's always there to mop up the loose chips and got 101 next to that. Now, uh, Jordan Dawson also had a a fluctuating role. So sometimes he played up on the wing. Sometimes he played halfback, but it was majority majority halfback. And he averaged 101 in that role, which is pretty absurd considering his mate, Jake Lloyd averaged 108, but this is role dependent. Now, Jordan Dawson could easily go onto a wing for preseason and have a score of 80 odd. And I would be absolutely off Jordan Dawson. But if he plays a halfback role for Adelaide, uh, I, I think he's up there in the, in the conversation with Jake Lloyd and Tom Stewart as someone that you need in your team, whether that's starting or whether that's as a trade in target, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think it's, a pretty good pick, Dano, and I think he's going to be the breakout guy this year in defense. Yeah, I disagree. So this gives me Zach Williams vibes. Now, Zach Williams, when he went to Carlton, came off of injuries from the Giants and his average was quite low when he was discounted and everyone jumped on as Pato did. And unfortunately, Pato felt the wrath of the Supercoach gods in that he just didn't live up to it in the new structure of a new team. And I have a feeling that Jordan Dawson's actually going to start off quite slow uh, with Adelaide. I reckon that he'll take some time adjusting to their structure and whatnot. And I I reckon you could get him further on in the season, much cheaper. But to start with, I I don't want to touch him. I reckon there's better value out there and there's better players out there than him around a similar or even cheaper bracket. And that's why I'm not going to touch him in the 12% or roughly teams Last time we checked, it was 12%. They have Jordan Dawson. If it works out for you, great. But I personally cannot touch that man with a 10-foot pole. I reckon he's going to be a trap to start the season. Um, But the next bloke is also that we're going to talk about. I'm, again, quite iffy on, and I want to see how he goes. And who is that, Pato? That is Jack Crisp. Correct. 571K. He's got dual position defense mid. 105 average last year in 26% of teams. Uh, Looks like he's going to move into the midfield. Um, 
well, he already did last year, Pato, didn't he? He played um, the last half of he, last year in the midfield. He moved around a bit. Now, he, he moved into the midfield when they were throwing Pendlebury around, sort of half forward, half back, still side bottom, same thing. But then when Pendlebury broke his leg, Jack, that's when Jack Chris went back into the midfield. And I actually get the sense that he scored better when he was at half back than when he was in the midfield. Now, I didn't watch a bunch of Collingwood games, um, but... I watched them closely enough because I did bring Pendlebury in last year. And I also had our uh, little rapey friend at the forward line as well. So I tried to watch Collingwood games when I could, but when I did watch him, uh, I I feel like he did score better in defense than in the midfield. So it's a little bit interesting. It is a bit role dependent, but I think he's going to move into that midfield full time. Now, is he going to be this year's Rory Laird or is he going to dart it in the midfield? We'll, uh, We'll obviously wait and see on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a bit the, the price tag at 571k like the, the thing we, we were all for jack crisp last year weren't we pato in that he's durable he never misses games you can just slap him on your team and just forget about him and you can do that too but now he's 571k i don't think that really that price tag reflects the player that he is um but if you want to just put someone in there that you know is going to play every week which is great Jack Crisp is your man, uh, but whether or not he hits 105 average or higher or whatever remains to be seen. But we'll find out. We're, we're, we're not full-blown experts like every other podcast on the planet. Like, people get things wrong. We just like to say how it is, and I just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm being wary of Jack Crisp. Um, but one I think the other, oh, yeah. sorry, I, just quickly on, on Jack Crisp, I think the other thing you have to consider is the ownership number, and that does come into it a lot for me personally. I look at ownership and i see jack crisp is in 26 percent of teams currently and i see tom stewart is in 17 yeah. percent. tom stewart is far more reliable as a scorer now tom stewart might not get you 150 scores he had a couple last year but it's probably less common than jack crisp but you know jack tom stewart's going to give you 90 to 110 every week what mm. could you want from that consistency and he's in less teams so you, you i think the point of difference aspect does come into it now you've got your jake lloyd who's in 50 percent of teams essentially like you almost have to have him uh it's kind of like the most seller rule in in fpl yeah. dano where you, i mean you can go against him but you're a fool um because if you're going money over seller you you're an idiot because you just Pretty need seller but yeah you find your pods elsewhere so you'd have a jake lloyd but is it smart to go with crisp at 26 percent, or is it smarter to go with tom stewart at 17 percent? i think I think Tom Stewart is a safer bet. Bucko. Um, the next bloke who I actually am surprised not many podcasts and that are actually talking about. Very surprising. That's Jaden Short. So 535K, 98 average last year, 8% of teams have him. But this is where we were looking at things, Pato, is that these are Jaden Short scores last year when Basha Hooley was not in the team. It was 100, 120, 88, 129, 104, 89, 92, 85, 126, 117. So he got 105 average when Hooley didn't play in 2021. Lowest score was 85. Holy fuck. That's good. Six scores out of the 10 were over 100 and only four sub 100 scores with the lowest being 85. That is fucking consistency. Fucking consistency. And he's only going to get better. Um, I don't know what his overall... um, average is with Basha Hooley out of the side. It could even be higher because I know in 2020, he pumped out some big scores without him, didn't he, Pato? Yeah, I, th- I think his two-year average without Basha Hooley in the team is something around 110. Yeah. You've also got to take into consideration, Dano, last year was a down year for the Tigers. They dealt with a lot of injuries and it can be really easy, especially coming off three premierships in four years. It can be easy 
after that run to sort of cruise through games and not when you know you're not going to make finals, not particularly try as hard as otherwise you would. Now, AFL players would never agree to that, but that's the reality. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing is, Jaden Short's 26 years old. He's been around for years. Mm. He's played 114 games. So he's yeah. coming into his prime. He hasn't even hit his prime yet, Dano. And there's no competition. Last year, I think people are looking at him as a bit of a burn man last year because he didn't average 100. Now, he wasn't that far short of it, no pun intended. But I think this is Jaden Short's year. I think he can go to 105, 110 and just be that guy in defense that fuck, is fuck just going to kill it for you every single one, week. 110, that's 1,010 points a game. Yep, yep. That's the Canadian <laughs> club talking, mate. But um, to add to that, uh, he's in just 8% of teams at the moment. Now, I'm hoping he doesn't have another 160 game in preseason like he did last year and all of a sudden everyone and his dog jump on him. I'm hoping he just cruises into preseason. Um, but when I think of the, the structure of the Richmond defense this year, now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us for the first time or don't understand it, I'm a, I'm a mad Richmond fan, so I know the team very well. Um, and I try not to let my biases show when I'm talking about players from Richmond in a super coach sense. But last year, it was very obvious that Basha Hawley was a direct competitor. Now, he started off the year injured, so he was slow to come into it. So that's why a lot of people were keen on Jaden Short. But I think Dan Rioli will play on the other half back. Now, yeah. he will be a very, very big run and carry guy. But when the team, when the game slows down, there is one guy that they that Richmond want the ball in there in his hands and that is Jaden Short and there's no no two ways about it now he'll take kick-ins and we know from last year that is absolute super coach gold um he'll get 25 30 touches every week and probably 90 percent of those will be kicks um I, I don't see many red flags for Jaden Short and he's 535k which is really cheap now if he can get 105 plus average why wouldn't you start him yep yep and Jaden Short is one of those guys his my d2 spot is up for grabs and it's between Jaden Short the next bloke, and then one other bloke. And I'm I'm leaning towards Jaden Short right now. But the next guy that we're going to talk about, because of a new recruit that's come in, might free him up a bit more. And that is Jordan Ridley at 537K, 99 average. 18% of teams have him right now. He fucking flew out of the gates last year before he went down with injury. Uh, absolutely killed it. Um, the role kind of fluctuated a bit because they needed a lockdown defender here and there. And Ridley started doing that from time to time, but now they got Jake Kelly. Now we all know well, people people that watch um, Adelaide games, which isn't many apparently at the moment. Uh, Kelly isn't. You'd say he's not an, an A grade defender, Pado, but he, he goes about it okay ish. Um, Look, I I think I think you're underselling him there. I, I really rate Jake Kelly as a defender. He's not a flashy defender. He won't get you thirty touches a week, but. He'll do you. He'll do a job for you, and every defense needs mm. that. And and he maybe not be an A grader, but to call him a B plus grader, I I would say is very reasonable. And to play to come in and play that lockdown role, it's almost exactly what Essendon needed. And I feel like it's a really smart acquisition because yeah, yeah. it's going to free Jordan Ridley up to play that intercept and loose role that he was so dominant in last year before he went down with injury. Yeah, yeah, and he could he could go one eight one one eight one oh eight or one ten plus. This year, easy, in my opinion. If and that's relying on Jake Kelly staying on the park. We've even got Michael Hibbard. Um, he's um, coming. Not Michael Hibbard. What the fuck am I on about? Holy shit, Michael Hurley. Michael fucking Hurley. My lord, Michael Hurley is coming back. We don't know when he's coming back, but he's on the mend. 
and even he can slot in into that defense and free up Ridley even more. So, um, yeah, Ridley's one that I'm keeping a keen eye on. Um, one of the other ones is a little bit later, but um, we're going to go into some more. Will we, will, could we really call them riskier premiums, Pato? Yeah, maybe we'll say the premiums that have question marks that make you think twice. Yeah, yeah. And start us off with the first one because he was the guy that I told everyone to jump on uh, like one round earlier or even two rounds earlier than everyone else did. It was like 300 and something thousand last year at North Melbourne, Pato. Yeah, we were all over him last year and that's Aaron Hall. Um, not cheap. He's 572,000 because uh, of his 105 average last year. And it's crazy because he had two real injury affected scores. Now, one of them, yeah. he, round one, he played as a sub. So he came on, he got 20 odd. Um, and I think the next week he went off with an injury and then came back a month later and averaged probably 115 on the rest of the year playing that halfback role. So, um, I mean, he had an unbelievable year last year, but there are very, very many questions over Aaron Hall this year, Dano. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck they're going to do with Luke McDonald. Now they've brought in Hugh Greenwood um, randomly with the, the Gold Coast Suns fucked up there. Um, that could push Luke McDonald from the midfield back down into defense, and that might affect Hall's numbers. We don't know. Um, so it's kind of a wait and see prospect in the preseason. Um, but there's not many preseason games. So anyway, we're, we're putting down as a question mark for Hall. It's his first major year, um, and he's always injured too. He's always got injury-affected games or even, yeah, he's reinvigorated his career, but whatever. The other one is a bloke um, that, again, came off of heaps of injuries and then killed it last year in a seagull role, and that's Jack Zeeble. He's 585K, 106 average in 4% of teams. Wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot fucking pole at this rate in my opinion, just because personally in my like mock team at the moment, I got way too many guys that are cheap coming through injury. Like uh, Zeeble was last year in the 200,000 range. And I don't want a guy that's 585 K that's had a previous fucked up history of injuries um, and the highest price he's ever been. So I'm not touching him with the 10 foot pole, but people are doing it huge POD. Um, point of difference for those that have never heard of that POD call before. Uh, most of you have, um, but he's pretty fucking old now, isn't he, Pato? Yeah, um, he's only 30, Jack Siebel. Um, He's younger than Aaron Hall, which is a little bit weird, but here's what I think they'll do. And I don't know anything. I don't really have any inside information on what North Melbourne will do because no one really gives a fuck enough about them to look for that sort of information. Agreed. But I get the feeling that Aaron Hall might stay in his role and I feel like they might move Jack Zebel in order to let Luke McDonald play the role that Jack Zebel played last year. Um, I could be obviously absolutely wrong with that. Um, I've been wrong many times before, but Jack Zebel strikes me as a sort of guy that could plug a gap in midfield with um, what's his name? Oh, Dano. You Greenwood there. You got Jason Horn Francis now in there. You got no, Anderson if he wants to get freaking vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> no, he's battling, he's battling cancer. How have I forgotten his name? Oh, Cunnington. Cunnington, yeah. So with him probably not going to make it for round one, if at all, this year, um, he's the sort of guy that could come in and play that role next to Hugh Greenwood, uh, potentially. But, I mean, who knows what they'll do, really. We're just to wait and see. And we might just have to suffer through a North Melbourne preseason game to see what the roles are. Yeah, yeah. We've got another one with a. Decent POD, but again, not quite sure considering that um, Dane Zorko is potentially, well, it sounds like he's going to be playing off halfback flank, and that's Daniel Rich. 
Um, so there's better options out there, in my opinion. Do you agree, Pato? Yeah, I think this is more of a draft option than than Supercoach Classic. Uh, you can't ignore him because he averaged 107 last year in a really good year. But at 32, I mean, although he doesn't miss that many games in his career, I think there are definitely better options for the price because it's just too expensive. I mean, maybe a, an upgrade target down the track if he's having a really good year, but I wouldn't be starting him. Yep, yep. Next one's Caleb Daniel. So he's 510K. Uh, great end to last season, but like, what do you call the Bevo salad or whatever it is? I just reckon Bevo decides to face fuck a cactus sometimes um, with his team of selections. Um, he was an All-Australian off halfback flank, um, Caleb Daniel was. But, yeah, I just I don't trust Bevo. I don't trust, like, him. let's say he plays the first five games off halfback flank, then goes, oh, yeah, we'll fucking pop Caleb Daniel on half forward flank or whatever he fucking did last year. It's just, yeah. I, he must be due to play Ruck at this stage, Dono, this year, I reckon. <laughs> it's about the only position he hasn't played in that Western Bulldogs team. Yeah. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, they finally moved him back to the, the halfback line at about round 16 last year. Uh, and he really scored well for the rest of the year. So he's been in and out of my team, Dono, if I'm honest. I, I think he's a decent option and he's a really good price. So he's cheap enough to really, really tempt me. And... I mean, is he a POD? What's his percentage? So let me look at that. Quickly. 8% at the moment, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 8%. So that's slightly higher than I thought it would be. But if he can get back to that 100-plus average, I think that's a really good starting point. Um, but, yeah, from round 19 onwards last year, he had 105, 128. He had a down game against the Bombers for 55. Um, but then went 112, 110. And then in the final series, he went 72, 122, 81. And almost the only Bulldog that turned up in the grand final for a 114 Supercoach score. So, look, it's all based on the role. And I, I can understand why people are a little bit hesitant because of Clarko's salad, where he just tosses people around wherever he wants to. Nice. But I think, I think Bevo would realise surely that Caleb Daniel is the best suited to be that halfback guy for the Western Bulldogs. So surely he plays that halfback role next to Bailey Dale and they just do what they want off halfback. Throwing to Adding to that, surely he can't play midfield because there's just so many midfielders at the Bulldogs. Like, where else are you going to play Caleb Daniel? Forward pocket? Like, no. So, um, yeah, surely he plays halfback. Good play in forward pocket. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, uh, we've got Lockie Whitfield up next, 502K. Uh, He's one of the three that I'm... Well, sorry, one of three or four. I'm looking at it D2 at the moment. Um, injury affected score. Um, I, Whitfield's the, and this is where I'm not going to, I've decided right now I'm not going to start him. And here's why. Even though he's 502K, he always has these games where he goes really shit. And then that's in his three round rolling average. And you can pick him up later at a much cheaper price. You might start the season off like a house on fire, get up to like 580 or whatever, or 600K. I don't know. But you'll always get that 140, like not 140, but like that one space 40 super coach score game. And then he'll drop like no tomorrow with that in his three round rolling average. So, and he, he gets injured too. Um, the new, the new um, strength and conditioning bloke, the one that got um, uh, oh, um, Timmy Turbo in the NRL up and fit and firing. He's at the Giants now. So hopefully Whitfield's over those little niggles, but we just saw the, Binger, freaking Brett, Brent Daniels just go down with something. But even though, yeah, anyway, um, we know he's good at super coach. We know he can pump out 140s and shit like that. But 
we've got guys like Isaac Cumming, aka Cum Dog, aka Cum Dog Millionaire, coming out of nowhere last year. We've got Lockie Ash, who's a high draft pick, good run and carry, fast as fuck, copied Lockie Whitfield's running patterns. He's also one that can come and take points off of him, in my opinion, depending on whether Lockie Ash plays in, on, in the back line or whether he goes into the middle like he did at points last year. We don't know. So I'm not going to start Lock, um, I'm not going to start Lockie Whitfield. Um, just for the simple reason is I know I can get him cheaper later on. Pato, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm skeptical as well. And I'm I'm, I'm quite surprised because he's in 41% of teams. And although he is super cheap and we know what he can do, I absolutely agree with you. Like you've got the younger guys coming through, but you've also got the injury history, and you can't ignore that. And I, I think there's a really much better option for a about 50,000 less. Now, a lot of people are all over him, but yeah, I think I'm going to take a risk on a guy that is coming off an injury. Um, I think it's going to be the cis dog, not Lockie Whitfield, who is in actually less teams, which shocks me. Yeah, yeah. We'll go on to Dyson Hippel anyway. Next bloke, 541k, going under the radar a bit. I'm not a fan. Um, I think he's okay, but he's not going to be like the six players that you want at the end of the season. In defense. Well, let's say eight. I don't think he's going to be in the eight plays that you want at the end of the season. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, no, I agree. I think he averaged about the 100 mark last year um, as a midfield only. So no one really looked at him in, in super coach sense. And why would you in as a midfielder? But now he's got the defense role. So in super coach, I should say, now playing off that halfback line. But he's 541,000. I, th- I think it's just too expensive for what he can do. He doesn't have that ceiling that other guys do at that price. Yep, yep. Now, one of our favourites, and this is why we've got a question mark on him. If there was no nothing wrong with the fucking WA border right now, I would have him as my D2 in my team. That's Luke Ryan. And people are like, well, anyway, he's 540K. People are like, oh, but what about Hayden Young, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck about Hayden Young? Luke Ryan's the fucking man. He's in 4% of teams. Um, the question mark will be, can he stay healthy? But the major question mark now is, will WA actually allow fucking... Frio in West Coast to play in WA and allow visiting teams because the four of the four of their first six games are at Optus Stadium. Their round one game is against the Crows in Adelaide, and I don't think he's dropped by like 115 or something against the Crows. It's fucked his first six games. Like his start of the year is insane, and he can pump out 140s and shit like that. And Lukey Ryan takes the kick-ins and whatnot, and it'll be like. We were talking before the podcast, like an 80-20 split usually between him and Wilson. Now it might go down to 60 or 55, I don't know, with Young. But yeah, Lukey, Lukey Ryan, in my mind, if the WA border allows the teams in and they actually play their Optus Stadium games and whatnot, he is fucking one to keep a massive eye on and would be a huge POD, but wouldn't touch him if, what's his name, McGowan? Is it McGowan out in WA? Yeah. If he, yeah. If he still remains a fuckwit, and stuff's around the AFL fixtures. We might end up getting a new AFL fixture soon if McGowan keeps being a tosser. Anyway, over to you, Pato. What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, I agree. There's too much, too many question marks over the WA guys. Um, but if Luke Ryan can get back to his 2020 scoring potential where he averaged 107, um, I think he's very juicy, um, even at 540,000. Um, and a really good POD. We talked about him a lot last year without ever having him in either of our teams, Dano. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I did. Were, yeah, no, I kind of wish I did too. But 
yeah, Lukey Ryan. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was the sort of the guy that averages 105, 110. He's 26 years old as well, so he's coming mm. into his prime. So the best is yet to come from Luke Ryan. And I actually predict Freo to have a pretty good year this year. Same. So with Same. that, I think Luke Ryan can take that next step to be the 105 plus average that you really want from your premium defenders. Yep, yep. And a team that will probably fucking slide is the basically our next bloke that plays for him. That's James Sicily, which how many fucking percent? 32% of teams already own him. I've got him in my team. You have him, Pato, don't you? Yeah, locked in. Um, almost the first guy I locked in as soon as I saw his price. Um, I, I'm shocked that this guy's not in 60% of teams, Dano. Now, I know he's coming off an ACL, but this guy does everything that you want out of a super coach defender that scores well. He intercepts as good as almost anyone in the competition. Uh, he's an unbelievable kick. And we know Sam Mitchell is taking over the reins. Don't know why still, but anyway, um, at Hawthorne. And we know if he's going to adopt that sort of kick and kick and run style that that won him premierships as a captain and a player under Clarko, then um, I, I don't understand why people aren't locking in James Sisley, personally. What do you think? I think the question mark is there was rumours going around that Sam Mitchell might play him back up in the forward line. And as we know, Sicily scores a fucking shit in Supercoach when he plays forward. But a cracky match that they had race, uh, recently, all from all reports, Sicily was just going in and plucking the ball out of midair in defence. And it was their go-to man. So I'm, I'm sold. I've got him in as D3 at the moment. Um, he'll he'll stay there. Whether he becomes a D4, I don't know. But yeah, Sicily's going to be the man. And you've got to have him in, in my opinion. You've got to have him in. If he fucking goes down with injury, we've got those five bonus trades now. Who gives a shit? Um, yeah, but Sicily's the one. He's mad locked. It'll, he was one of my first locked in this year. It'll be really interesting to see how they do structure up down in defense because Will Day is also coming off and we're going to talk about him when we get to the next section, Dano. I'm really big on Will Day as well. Um, but you've got the guys that came through last year. I mean, you've got uh, CJ, who was just unbelievable in that halfback role. Um, Chang Kuth, Chiaf, for those playing at home. Yeah. Um, who was yeah. absolutely brilliant. And I mean, you can't move him away from defense. So he's clearly going to play down there. You've got Jack Gunston, who... He's probably going to get at it off a full preseason. And I mean, is he going to play forward? Probably he could play back as well. Um, and then you've got a, like a Jack Scrimshaw who was recruited to the club to be that that guy to play half back. And that really is his role. And throw Anything throw on top of that, I mean, Jarman Impey, where's he going to play? Um, you got, was it Lockie Bramble who played half back really well last, last year as well? I mean, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Denver Granger Barris, who's probably going to play a, a sort of centre-half back slash full-back role. And, I mean, yeah, there's, there's only so many guys that can go into that back line, don't know. And I, and I feel like maybe it will switch around a bit. I mean, maybe, maybe Ben McAvoy might even play full-back and Max Lynch might get that that full-time ruck one role with Ned Reeves and throw everything under the bus. And Sam Frost, like, where does he fit into it? So Hawthorne are, are a team that I'm definitely going to be watching closely during the preseason and, and just to see how they structure up in defense. Yep. Yep. Move on to some mid prices. So we're thinking like under 450,000, even though Sicily falls in that bracket. So we've already spoken about him, but we're talking about him as a massive fall on Uber Primo. Anyway, first one new to Carlton come from Sydney, George Hewitt. He's 399K in 3% of teams. Uh, change of clubs, got to be a bit role dependent. Watch what he does in preseason. Um, do you, 
he, to be honest, I reckon he might actually go through that midfield because they need another grunt man in there. Chair is more of an outside player at Carlton. You do a bit of in and out, but they need like that scrappy motherfucker in there. And I reckon Hewitt's going to be that. Yeah, they they need a guy that's going to do a defensive role because, I mean, Walsh, I think, is a good shout for the Brownlow this year. That's how good of a yeah. year I think it's going to have. Um, Patrick Cripps, I mean, that's all health dependent on him, but he's not a guy that's going to lock down on someone. And George Hewitt was clearly recruited for that reason. Um, round one, I think he's going to go straight to Dusty and tag him and Dusty's going to play midfield. And that means George Hewitt's going to play midfield, don't know. So he's going to be in and around the ball. Now he's never averaged over 88. That's his highest average. And that was in 2019 for the Swans. But at the Swans, he, he moved around a little bit. And I, and I just feel like he's going to play a pretty big midfield role. And while a massive risk at 399000 and in just 3% of teams, I think it could also be almost be worth the risk, Dano, if you don't like James Sisley. Um, I'm going to not go for um, George Hewitt, just simply because you're better off doing something a bit different and then putting Tom Stewart in your team over who the fuck did we say was in more teams than Tom Stewart? It was Jack Crisp. Better off doing that as a POD, to be honest, um, than go yeah. George Hewitt. That's my opinion. But your your man, you can talk about your man next because you're, yeah, you're Will, a stiffy over him. You've rubbed a few out over this bloke, so go for it. Yeah, Will Day, huge on Will Day now. Number 13 pick, so he's a very high draft pick. He's still, he's, he's on, he will turn 21 during the season. So he's still very young, but he's shown a lot of potential, just can't get a good run at it. And I round one last year against the Bombers, he killed it. He got 122 Supercoach Dano. And then the next week he got a 55 and that was an injury affected game and came off in, I think, the third quarter. So he was on track for another 100 there, Dano. Um, yep. And then missed 11 weeks. So I think he had a pretty serious knee injury um, for memory. Yeah, uh, and then was eased back, eased back into it and finished the year on a 112 against the Giants in round 15 and then didn't play another game. So while there were three small scores in there, they were injury affected. And this is a guy that wouldn't surprise me if he averaged 85 to 90, Dano. And it is all dependent on his role. And with a new coach, it's always really hard to nail down exactly what they're going to do without seeing them play first. Yeah. But all, all I know is. Will Day is incredibly talented as a footy player and he could almost play anywhere on the ground, Dano, and have a really good role at Hawthorne. That's how good this kid is. Um, very similar to uh, the next guy that we're going to talk about um, in terms of just really elite foot skills, um, reads the game really well and just an uber-talented footy player. Yeah, with Will Day, with these sorts of guys, I think you got to try and predict that they're going to explode, not like an 85-90 average. I'm talking fucking like 100-plus in defense. You want them to explode to be in the top eight, and I can't see that happening with Will Day. I see Sicily doing way better, but I can't see Will Day getting up in there for that. So for me, I, I do a hard pass on him, but if you've got big gonads that deserve to be put in a wheelbarrow because they're that big, then go for fucking Will Day is what I'm saying. Now there's... There was going to be a bloke that we were going to, I was going to include, but then he got fucking injured, and that was Jack Bowes at like 450-ish thousand, well, 450K. But then he went down with injury. So now we're looking at Jack Lukosius, uh, burn man of the century. <laughs> 438K. Yeah, I know you're going to be very keen to talk about this bloke, Dano, after last year. 
uh, fucking thought his breakout was last year. All looked good after the what round one and two or whatever, and then fucking as <laughs> then he got shift. He shifted positions and started butchering the ball for a guy that's fucking got mad elite foot skills. Pato um, turnover king in the end, um, but anyway, he's in three percent of teams. Um, so Bose was touted to move up the ground. Um, Lacocious is actually been spoken about going onto the wing more permanently now. Um, is it too risky? Is this his year? If he can pull his fucking finger out of his ass and actually hit a target a lot better than what he did last year, like we know he can, potentially could be, but I'm still salty on last year after he started so good and then went to fucking shit. And I just kept on going, maybe it's a one-off. Maybe it's... And then I watched Suns games, which I very rarely do, and noticed oh, shit, he's not playing in that half-back role at the moment. Fuck. Anyway, um, what do you reckon, Pato? Would you touch him with a 10-foot pole? I'm assuming no. Uh, no, I would consider it, but only if he's playing half-back. And I think the Suns are making some moves. I think they've made a really good move in Charlie Constable to add into that midfield group, as well as uh, your boy, Dano, which was only just announced today. Now we're recording on... Monday yep. for those playing at home. And uh, Dano got a massive stiffy under his desk over the oh, announcement two. today. Um, two stiffies. Two stiffies. You got Hayes. My bo- so for those that don't know, um, in the sample, I go for Woodville West Torrens and Citas and fucking Hayes. Their best two players got picked up by St Kilda and now the Gold Coast Suns, respectfully. So Citas at the Suns is a... We'll to, we'll discuss that in the rookie thing, but yeah, he's he's gone there. So fucking massive sticky stiffy fucking jerk one or two or fifty off over that when I found out. I, ironically, where uh, Jack Lukosius played his junior footy, they know, but um, before he was drafted. But um, yeah, I, I think if he can nail that halfback role, and I can't see why he wouldn't, they know. Um, I can see Jack Lukosius being the breakout guy this year. He's played sixty games, so he's probably ready for that breakout game now. I'll never forget um, in his second year, um, 2020, a game that he played against my club, Richmond, where he absolutely destroyed us. And it was a really close uh, win for us. And it was 53 to 32. And we just couldn't get past Jack Lukosius. He was unbelievable. And it's just a case of keeping him at that halfback role and not moving him around. Now, he moved around a bit for the Suns last year because of injuries, not to him, but to other guys. Um, if he stays in defense, I really like him at 438, but it, there is probably better options. Yep, yep. Next one, Sam Petrevsky seaton okay, SPS. He's at four, uh, 344K, gone to the West Coast Eagles in 1% of teams. To be honest, that surprises me that he's even in 1%. Uh, but the change of clubs, he's got decent ability um, when he plays midfield. Will he fucking play midfield at West Coast? I don't think he will. He might have stints there occasionally, but... I think there's other guys that will play ahead of him in the midfield. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, this is a watch and wait for um, Petrovsky seaton Now, Luke Shuey is injured, so he is going to miss all of preseason. So we'll see what um, they do with Petrovsky and whether he plays that midfield role. But if he does, I really like him. Um, he's at a pretty good price. And if you can nail that, at 344,000, he goes on to average 100 plus, then you'll be laughing. But if they chuck him on a half forward f- forward flank like like Carlton did last year, then no, thank you. So very largely club, uh, sorry, not club dependent. That can't change, but uh, role dependent, <laughs> I should say. Yeah, with him, I, I look at him a more of a late round draft selection if you're playing Supercoach draft or any, any draft leagues. 
for him just to take a little punt on him, but I wouldn't touch him in classic myself. Next bloke's an interesting one though, Pato, and I want you to talk about him because you're the Richmond freaking diehard man. That's Dan Rioli. <laughs> I threw in Hayden Young, Dano, um, after I sent you the, oh, the yeah, running true. sheet. And um, he's in there, and I thought, my man, Hayden Young, I'm not a Frio <laughs> fan. But, um, we'll talk about Dan Rioli quickly. But um, he had the role change last year, and this is super interesting because they dropped him. They sent him to the VFL, and they said, you're going to play half forward. If you're going to get back into the AFL team, that's where you're going to play. And then someone got injured. I can't remember who it was, and that that does – it was probably Basher. He's always fucking injured. Um, but – then he came back a week later and was thrown into AFL level playing halfback. And um, he looked decent at halfback, Dano. Um, now, he had a pretty good end to the year. Now, he had 111 against Carlton. Sorry, not Carlton. Geelong in a 40-point loss um, as his highest score. And that was his only ton last year. It's very risky. He's 336000 So he's almost cheap enough to be keen on the punt. But he's now had the chance to train as a halfback in the preseason, Dano. And I think that's where the growth could come. Um, he was sort of thrown into it last year to swim with the Sharks. And it looked good in patches, but he did look a little bit lost. So it all depends on how well he's trained over the preseason. And we'll see what he does. But I think he's going to be the running mate next to Jaden Short. So keep an eye on preseason on Dan Rioli's form. And... Obviously, if he plays forward pocket, no thank you. But if he's playing half back, I could be half tempted. And he's a defensive forward in Supercoach as well. So he's defense slash forward um, swing. And there's a few rookies that are actually defense slash forward swing too. So he could actually come in handy. Um, he's a he's one, yeah, I'd, I'd look at closely. Uh, I reckon there's better value out there in both the forward line and in defense um, over him. But... Yeah, when, when he switched to defense last year, he actually did look good. But anyway, we'll go on to Hayden Young, who I told you to add last minute. Uh, he's 418K at Frio, 77 average. Uh, how did he finish off 2021, Pado? His last month was 117, 94, 71, and 112. So he did finish off well last year. Now, was that just because they couldn't make finals and they were sort of throwing him around a bit? Or is that was that a little prelude to a role, a permanent role change. Now, obviously, they've lost Adam Scherer to Carlton this year. So there is a midfield spot there for the taking. Now, is it going to be Hayden Young? Is it going to be someone else? We'll definitely keep a close eye on Hayden Young during preseason and see where he plays. I reckon he'll still be a halfback. He'll be that guy down there. Um, to be honest, I can kind of actually see Nathan Wilson slipping out of that Freo side and Hayden Young permanently taking over. So he's good by foot. Him and Lukey Ryan can do a lot of damage. So, yeah, I reckon Hayden Young, one to watch. I don't like his price tag at 418K, though. I reckon there's better value out there. I've said that a lot this podcast, better value out there. The next guy, though, I've been told we got to watch closely. There's restructuring at Sydney in defence. Um, and it's Braden Campbell at 293K. Watch and see whether he gets Jordan Dawson's role. Um, he started out off halfback flank last year. Kind of, well, he was competing with Lloyd and fucking Dawson anyway um, to try and get the pill. So, but Braden Campbell's a highly, highly rated youngster. He was pretty much rated the best kick in his draft class. And 
yeah, if if they want anyone to play that Jordan Dawson roll off halfback flank, it'll probably be Braden Campbell. And at the moment, he is that person um, from what I've been told. Yeah, so very, very watch watch and see, especially if we don't get that many defensive rookies that actually play. We've got a lot that have been, they've got a lot of hype about them, but whether they play or not is another thing. Isn't that right, Pato? Yes. Uh, Braden Campbell, people will remember very clearly from last year where a lot of people started him because he was obviously a rookie and it was it's about a 171, I reckon he started at ish Dano, yep. something like yep. that. Um, but he had a round two score of 118. Um, and that was against the Crows. So most people could have score 118 against them in their fucking sleep. That's how bad they were last year. But everyone, everyone that didn't start him jumped on Braden Campbell and he followed it up with a 29 against the Tigers. And the Swans were dominant in that game, Dana. I was there. Um, watched it very closely and it was the Chad Warner show um, and Errol Goulden. They destroyed us last year, but anyway, we're not yeah. reminiscing on last year's season because Richmond was shit. <laughs> um, but after that 118, everyone was like, oh, Braden Campbell, this is, this is the guy that's going to be a really good rookie for us. And then he just sort of dudded out and got dropped at round six and didn't come back to round 22. So look, is he going to play that? Are they going to, is Horse going to trust him to play that halfback role? Let's see. But very highly touted rookie. Uh, he was a pick five, um, Dano, in the 2020 draft. And he was out of the Sydney Academy as well. So he's a local boy. Big things, big wraps around this kid, Dano. And if he plays that role, it's going to be hard not to start him. Even at that really awkward price of 293000 I think that the scoring potential is high if he nails that halfback role. Yeah. Yep. The next bloke. When you said that anyone could score 110 plus or whatever against the Crows, this guy plays for the Crows. This guy was on everyone's radar last year for being discounted. <laughs> and that is Wayne Miller. Now he's 271K. Holy fuck. He's 14% of teams, hasn't played since 2020. Injury concerns, obviously, there. But every, every year, well, he kept up, he played off halfback flank. Um, everyone compared him to like Andrew McLeod. They were going to like, right, he's going to run through the midfield. Trained with the midfield group. Looked like he's going to play midfield. Fucking got injured. So is he going to play in the midfield? Don't know. Is he going to play off halfback? Probably, probably slash don't know. But at 271K, that's a high like that's a high end. We'll call it a high end rookie. High, no, it's not really a high end rookie. But if he comes out and gets like 90 plus at 271K, you can't ignore him, can you? Look, I can because I think the next guy is a much better option as in the next guy that we're going to talk about. And... I think the 14% of teams um, that have Wayne Miller at the, at the moment are going to regret it. That's actually up to 16% now looking at it live. So I think people are going to regret it. I don't like the pick. I think he's too awkwardly priced and I don't think the scoring potential is high enough. I think there's too many question marks over not only his health with two lower leg injuries in the last two years. So a knee and then a foot, but also, role, where's he going to play? I think he's going to get thrown around a lot in that Adelaide team to just try and find the right role for him. And I don't think he's going to crack the midfield. They've got Matt Crouch to come back. Um, and obviously, Rory Laird isn't moving out of that midfield and Rory Sloan as well. Um, I, I I think this is ultimate trap. And I would be steering clear of this like the Titanic should have t- steered clear of that fucking iceberg. That's my thoughts on Wayne Malera. Dano, what are your thoughts? I, I don't mind the watch and see. The only thing is I'm, and this is just a personal thing, my forward line structure right now, as with a lot of people, we've got a couple of people or even three people, some people are rolling. Right? I've seen a team with four that have got guys in this 200,000 
range that are all fallen back pretty much through injury. And adding one more to a team that's already got a couple of them in it just scares the fuck out of me. So I'm not going to pick him. I'd rather back in rookies, but he's going to be... It's going to be one of those guys where you go, if you didn't start fucking, um, what's his name from the Kangaroos last year? Um, Zebel. If you didn't start Zebel and he goes out and fucking pumps out 100 pluses and you're like, fuck, that could be Wayne Malira this year. I don't know. But the next guy is 209K and that's Caleb Marchbank, the former Giants boy who was meant to take over from Phil Davis and he ended up fucking leaving for Carlton. This is the one that you're kind of looking at like an expensive rookie. You, you're calling him a lock, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm locking him into my team. Obviously, um, I'll have a look at him when they play their preseason games. But I think Caleb Marchbank is going to be this year's Jordan Butts from last year. Um, Jordan Butts was about 220K to start the year, um, but was that experienced key defender that you knew was going to play and sure he may not be your 80 average, but he will have the odd high score. He have the odd low score, but I think it's the perfect guy to sit on a bench and be playing cover. And I think we'll go into this more in more detail closer to the season, Dana, but I think it's going to be really important to find rookie, uh, sorry, bench players that are really good, that are okay to be on the field, Dana, because I think our favorite C word is going to affect a lot of teams. Yeah. And a lot of players. And imagine coming into round two, you've had Jaden Short and all of a sudden there's a COVID outbreak and Jaden Short is a close contact and doesn't play round two. What are you going to do? You're going to play a rookie? I'd much rather throw Caleb Marchbank in there at 24 or 25 or however old he is and trust him to, to get a 60 for me rather than throwing in a 102K rookie defender who scored 30 in round one and hoping that he just gets over 50 and you don't like that. So 25 Caleb Marchbank is. So I, 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 I think Caleb Marchbank's averaged 69 in his, um, in the 2017. And I, I think he's going to be a slow burn, but I think he's going to be someone that you can hold until the buyers and be okay with that bench cover. Yep. Yep. No, nah, I'm, I can't fit him in. I reckon there's going to be some good defensive rookies this year. Uh, but we'll wait and see. But I like that passion there, Pato. I'm still salty even after all these years that Caleb Marchbank left. But, hey, we got fucking Sam Taylor to fill that void. So, all good. Yeah, um, Sam Taylor is not bad at footy, don't know. Slamming Sam. He's fucking good. Anyway, Pato, um, that's all we got time for for this first podcast. And I think uh, this year is going to be a fucking interesting one for... Uh, the different dynamics and structures that people are going to go for, but we'll divulge into all of that in the following podcasts. As we head to next one will be midfield, which is one that everyone fucking loves. Um, And there's PODs fucking galore in the midfield this year. So we'll focus on that on the next podcast from, but from us at the super coach co-captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. Fuck off. Cobbers.